and the promises that he has made. They also feature very strongly in my prayer life because whenever I'm upset about something or I've done something that I'm not particularly proud of or indeed sometimes when I'm filled with great joy and happiness, I don't have words with which to express my feelings. But there's always a psalm, there's always a psalm that expresses exactly how I feel. So I came across Psalm 121 uh, in my teens when I was reading a novel, funnily enough, and the book was called Nor the Moon by Night. And in the front two pages of of this novel, there were a few verses uh, from the psalm, caught my attention, and so I went and I looked it up and I read it. And it has featured very much in my life since there, since then. It's a, part, it's a psalm that I often go to in times of need and as well in times to give thanks. I love this psalm because it speaks words of promise about God's providence and protection on life's journey. So let's think a little bit about the background um, of this psalm. Interpreters have connected um, this psalm with an idea of a journey because it's part of the Psalms of Ascent. And the group of Psalms of Ascent, it has been suggested that these were collected to be used in conjunction with a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The pilgrims would sing these Psalms as they were traveling to Jerusalem, for example, for the festival of the Passover. And for that reason, Psalm 121 is most, was most commonly understood as a liturgy of blessing for one about to leave on a journey. The structure of the Psalm is very simple and lends itself to this idea. Verses one and two, a traveler's question and the confession, and then verses three to eight, the priestly blessing. Um, It's important to note here that though the psalmist is looking to nature and talking about the hills, he does not look to nature for help. The hills themselves might conceal danger, bandits, wild animals. No, the psalmist looks for, for help from the one who created the hills, the one who created heavens and earth, God. Whilst the hills might hide threats, danger and threats, they also, by their very existence, uh, bear witness to the creator, to God. It's interesting to note that Luke writes in his Gospels, Luke 2, verse 41, that Jesus, as a child, went on pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for a feast of Passover. So Jesus, on this trip to Jerusalem, most probably sang the Psalms of Ascent, and most probably Psalm 121 would be part of the songs that were chanted and sung on the pilgrimage. We're all on a journey, the journey of life. We're on a journey to the new Jerusalem, to our eternal home. And during this, this journey, our journey of life, we will make many geographical trips, many geographical journeys as well. And on these journeys, we have way markers. We've got landmarks, which let us know how far along the journey we are. Um, We might check in at the airport. It might be a motorway junction, or it might be a familiar landmark that we see in the distance, or we can see the sea, and we know that we are approaching our destination, or roughly how far along we have got. So too, in our journey of life, there we've got markers, way markers. We've got landmarks along our journey. We leave school. We get a job, we might go to university, maybe get married, buy a house, retire. All of these are important landmarks on our journey throughout life. The psalmist mentions 
uh, landmarks, waymarks in the psalm, the hills, but he looks beyond those. He looks to the creator, the one who actually created uh, um, the hills. It's important for us to think on our journey to, through life, do we place too much importance on these big features, on the landmarks, on our journey? Or do we remember to look beyond them, to look to who it is that's led us to these places, who's, who have given us these opportunities? So just on geographical journeys, things go wrong, so too on our journey in life. We take a wrong turn, we make a wrong decision, we get lost. Something unexpected happens maybe, an accident, an illness, something that we've got no control over. Not so long ago, I was in a very sort of sad place in my life, a very desolate uh, place. I was in a very toxic relationship. And um, I, was, I was, in that relationship, I didn't lack for material things. In fact, I was very well off materialistically. And there was a sort of love there as well, and caring, but it was very controlling. And I felt I was losing my freedom. I was losing the relationships that were important to me, people that were important to me. Something inside of me was dying. And at that time, time as well, I had drifted away from the church. I wasn't from God. I wasn't going to church as often as I should have. I wasn't reading the Bible, and I wasn't praying. So at this time, I did what many of us do in times of dire need. I turned back to God. And Psalm 121 served to remind me that he was with me. He was watching over me at this point in my life. He was there. And God was, I could feel God saying to me very strongly, leave this relationship, take that step, go. But I was, cry I was frightened, I was scared to do it because I was financially dependent on the person in that relationship. But in the words of the song that Ashi and Lua are singing all the time from Despicable Me 3, do it, do it, do it, I did it. I left the relationship and God provided for me. Work came my way and I was surrounded uh, by love and support from family and friends. Psalm 121 reminded me, and indeed reminds us all, that God is with us in all situations. He's there and he's watching over us. So God is our keeper. God protects. He shields. He watches over. He guards. That's the message in Psalm 121. And indeed, in many of the Psalms, Psalm 130 suggests God is like a watchman keeping guard over the city. Or Psalm 91, which Jonathan preached on a couple of weeks ago, Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Psalm 125, verse 2, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. My life has been much better since I took that step, but it has had its ups and downs. And here I want to pick up on a point that Jonathan made when he spoke about Psalm 91. When we read these psalms and we pray these psalms, do we sort of do it thinking that because God is saying in them that he's looking after us and he's protecting us, that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us, that we're covered, we're protected, we're not going to encounter bad things in our life? Martin Percy, in his uh, commentary on, the, on Psalm 121, suggests that we could, he makes the following analogy, he compares it to insurance policies. We all might take out insurance policy in our life just in case, just in case something bad happens to us, a form of protection. But insurance policies, as we probably all know, have the big, has the big print, but it's also got the small print. And the big print tells us how we're protected, protected from this, that, and everything. But then it's important for us to read 
the small print, because the small print is actually really important, isn't it? It then tells us that we're not really covered for this, this, and the other thing. And in fact, the small print might result in us deciding not to sign on the dotted line. So Psalm 121, it has its big print as well, hasn't it? Verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 6, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord, verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. So that's the big print. Now, I wonder, what is the small print? What is the small print in Psalm 121? Well, Martin Luther, in his commentary, reminds us that Psalm 121 is a psalm of sense. And he says it's a significant point because it's about looking forward to God's protection. It's more about what is to come rather than the here and now. And Luther in his commentary says, as we journey towards the truth, we encounter the living reality of God's abundance and comprehensive love. So Psalm 121 is about assurance. It's not about insurance. Doubts, suffering, evil, accidents, they're all part of the world in which we live in. And the psalm does not encourage us to sidestep these issues, to ignore them, and to think that these things are not going to happen to us. Instead, it serves as a help and comfort as we go through them. We have to take the rough with the smooth, and we have to discover the art of finding God in every situation. So there is our small print. God is with us. He's watching us. He's protecting us. He's always there. But we have got to find God in all situations in our lives, the good and the bad, the big and the small. So how do we do that? Well, last week, Graham spoke on Psalm 77, and he talked about God's providence. And he used Martin Luther's uh, uh, commentary. And again, Martin Luther says there are four ways in which we can encounter God and remember God's providence in all situations. And that is by recalling and remembering what God has done in our life, how he's faithful, how he's helped us in the past, by mediating and meditating, where do we fix our, our gaze, being very careful about what is it that we long for, that we want. And here I'm going to quote directly from uh, Graham's uh, sermon, and I think it's a quote he took from, um, from Martin Luther. For what we want and love, on that we reflect inwardly and diligently. But what we hate or despise, we pass over lightly and do not desire deeply, diligently, or for long. And the above is expressed through music and exercising, an active engagement with God through prayer and worship. It's us finding and relying on God in all situations in our lives, the good and the bad, the rough and the smooth, the big and the small. We look for God in all situations. Now, I do, I do a lot of journeys um, in my, at, at this stage in my life, and um, I have to fly a lot. Now, there was a time in my life when I would do anything to avoid flying. So if I had to go somewhere, my first thing would be, can I go there by car? Can I go there by train? Can I go there by boat? Oh, no, I have to fly. So, and it was like horrible. It was a, 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 te- a sort of terrifying situation for me. So um, suddenly, within the past 10 to 15 years, I've had to make big journeys. I've had to fly to other, other parts of the world for my work. And there's no way I could go there any other way within the time limit allowed. So, you know, what, what to do? What to do? So I began to try to find God in that fear 
in that terrifying feeling that I used to get inside me when I just used to think about flying, let alone get into the airplane. So before I flew, I started to pray about it. I asked others to pray for me. And during the flight, I pray and I sing hymns in my head, luckily, because as any of you who have experienced my singing voice know that it would be a dreadful thing if I was singing out loud in the aeroplane, ruining the experience for everybody else. But in doing that, I was able to encounter God in this fear that I have of flying. Now, I don't like flying, I still don't like it, but it doesn't hold the terror for me that it used to. So whether the flight is going smoothly or I'm bouncing around at 35,000 feet, I can feel the presence of God. He has taken away my fear from me. I've encountered God in that situation. Now I ask myself, why didn't you do that years ago, Morag? Why didn't you take this to God many, many years ago? Well, I think I felt it was too trivial. It was, it was sort of just a very small thing, this fear of mine. Everybody used to say to me, it's an irrational fear, Morag. Flying's one of the safest ways of transport, you know, safest thing to do. But I still had this terror of it. So I just felt it was too small. It was too small to take to God, too trivial. But on my journey through life, I am learning that indeed nothing is too small. No situation is too small to take to, uh, or too trivial to take to God. Or indeed, there's no situation that's beyond the reach of God either. So whatever we're involved in, we develop that skill, the art of finding God there. Whether it's a sleepless night because our kids are keeping us awake, it's a worry about a job or we've lost our job or maybe we have lost somebody that we love. It's up to us to look and to find God in all the situations. At Focus, the Bishop of Woolwich, Dr. Carowale Durgu, spoke very movingly about the loss of his son who died very suddenly at the age of 16. He was in his sixth form at school. And he was a Christian and an active Christian and he talked about God and took God into school and to everybody that he met. And he died suddenly and unexpectedly. And in this tragic moment, Dr. Caruello and his family were able to find God. And they felt that though they themselves were suffering the loss of their son, they knew that he had gone on to a better place. They were able to find God in this situation. But not only that, during... Um, the service, uh, the funeral service, they put a leaflet of why Jesus into every single order of service. So not only were they able to find God in that tragic situation, but they also tried to help other people to see God there as well. So God is there with us in all situations. Our, the small print there is it's up to us to look for and to find God at all times. And the final point I want to make here about um, uh, this psalm is that God's protection is for all of us. It's for each and every one of us. God created us all. We are all his children. And some of us, we know about God and we know about his protection and his promises, his faithfulness in our lives. Some people know about it but choose not to acknowledge it. They don't want, uh, they don't want it. They don't want to think about it in their lives. And some people have never heard about God and don't know about his promises and his protection. But he's there for every single one of us. Um, and just recently, I shared this psalm with someone who's very close to me. She's not a Christian, but she'd been unwell for a while. And the time was approaching. She was having some big tests coming up. And when I saw her, she was really frightened. I could tell she was really, really scared. So when I got home, I, text, I sent her a text, and I included in it this psalm, Psalm 121. And I just said to her, I'm preaching 
on this psalm in two or three weeks' time, and I just want to share something, one single point with you, that God is with you, even though you don't acknowledge it or you're not aware of it. He is with you. He is watching over you, and he will be with you throughout the test that you're going to be having. So God is with us. Psalm 121 is a psalm of assurance. It assures us of God's presence, loving presence, in our life every single step of the way. But we, we've got to develop the skill and the art of finding God in all these situations. Thank you very much.